Welcome to Road Sodas. We are your hosts. I am Ben Warden. And I am Jimbo Shaw. Goddamn right. And we're going to be telling you some tales about shit we've well, done. Well, one in particular today. One tale today, one tale every time. Hold it right there, Ben. Before we continue, we here at Road Sodas are handsome, precocious, and most importantly, still learning. We had some audio issues in the first eight minutes. They're minor, but possibly distracting, so just stick with us for a few minutes, and soon our dulcet, mid-Atlantic tones will wipe away any notion of our inexperience. All right, take it away, me! But before we get into all that, we're going to start this thing off with some correspondence between the two of us. This particular correspondence was sent almost a year after I moved away from James to San Francisco on December 2nd, 2016. Email titled, Strike Up the Band. It goes as follows. Salutations. I'm in the old magical sky can on my way to Dixie. Papa's seated behind me, smelling my farts and kicking my seat. We have only one plan for the three-day expedition to the Big Easy, public intoxication. My only hope for this trip is to return to Boston in a timely manner and with significantly less brain cells. I'm trying to convince Papa to come down to my parents for Christmas so I can justify buying a sheet of acid and dosing everybody. I will undoubtedly see you during that time and feel free to use my parents' place as a safe harbor. Till Jimmy comes marching home, I'm 98.4% yours, James. P.S. Happy belated birthday, Chief. May 28 treat you like the handsome party animal you are. Also, new band name, Pussy for Lunch. That was a great trip to New Orleans, I gotta say. I was, I was just excited to hear that you guys were going on it. And I think I express as much in my, in my response email, but yeah. Yeah, we saw a Saints game. Yeah, it was great. I'd, I'd gone before with Papa. You got to go with Papa. And now, later, we've all gotten to go together. Which is delightful. And in the future, we get to go in an infinite amount of times. Absolutely. And so, so your reply uh, was on December 5th, 2016. My most stalwart ne'er-do-well. I am pleased to hear that both you and Papa returned to the large easy. I trust there was much levity and little fuss. I never commented on your mention of working for your company, but that idea pleases me deeply. I still haven't completely paid off my mom from the money I borrowed to move out here. But if my company doesn't make any deals soon... I may have to abandon ship and return to more eastern shores. I have a feeling I may begin searching for other employment come the spring fall anyway, as the initially stated discussion with my employer was to stay at least a year. I land in the area of our spawning on the morn of the 22nd and leave on the evening of the 27th. I shall destroy anything that attempts to prevent me from imbibing gross quantities of swill with you, and hopefully Papa. Yours in shenanigans, Ben. P.S. Pussy for breakfast, pussy for brunch, pussy for dinner, pussy for lunch. Pussy for each meal, there's plenty to go around. Now it's time to eat up, because I'm going down. That was an excerpt from Benjamin Porklord Warden's writing collection titled, Holy Shit, I Can't Believe That Second Verse is Original. Hell yeah. That was a good trip because then we did hang out that Christmas. I believe I went out with, is that the time I met you at your Uncle Rich's place? That sounds about yeah. Yeah. And we, you, you drove a countryman around, around the tri-state area. Drove my mom's fat mini all around the area. And uh, I think I slept on your couch that night. Yeah. Well, your parent, your parents' couch. And I ate a bunch of your dad's delicious food. All right. So we're going to get to the main meat. This was... uh, Yeah. The summer of 2002. Yes. This was right before eighth grade or right after eighth grade? So it was directly after eighth grade. Okay. Because 9-11 happened when we were in eighth grade. That's right. And this was the first summer after that. That's correct. So James and I went to the same middle school and we went to different high schools. And so this, this summer was, you know, sort of in that very 
idyllic child brain way our last chance to like hang out all the time so there was a lot of whist flying around oh we were full of it preemptive wistfulness yeah full of full of whist and so every year not every year but most years i went to a methodist based jesus camp which is interesting because you're a presbyterian right correct well i was raised that way i'm i'm current you know i'm I'm not. Anything, I was raised that way too. Yeah, I, I was raised yeah. Presbyterian, which is basically just Methodist plus old people, is my understanding. But I'm, I, I, you know, I don't really. Yeah, like old Scottish people. Yeah, I don't really give two shits either way. But yes, so it was a Methodist Jesus camp. So I'm going to tell. We're, we're going to tell this story, and and I was about to say it's not that Jeezy Jesusy. And what I should say is that some parts of it aren't that Jesusy. Other parts are way 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 into jesus but don't worry i mean i was about to go into catholic school so i was about to get like the heaviest dose of religion that my young mind could handle but this was a good precursor to that yeah and the camp was down on the chester river in uh, in the the delmarva peninsula which you don't need to know the geography of maryland that's not important just know that it is the opposite side of the chesapeake bay from Baltimore, which makes it one of the more woodsy slash rural parts of Maryland that there is, with the exception of, you know, like the part out by West Virginia. But as far as like... I mean, Eastern Shore. It's Queen Anne County. Yeah, so the Eastern Shore has some nice parts, kind of, but like this was just the woods, basically, and a little little camp right on a river. When you're a little kid and you go there, you're just camping. And it's not even camping. Like, there's cabins and stuff. And you go swimming, and there's a pool, and then there's the river, and you just eat food, and you're a kid. When you get a little older, you can pick a theme to your camp week. And I'd done a couple, but this this was one. I think you had to be, like, quote-unquote older, which, you know, eighth grade. I think that was kind of the, the tail end of when you could attend this camp. So uh, I think it had to be that age to do the one we did, which was rock climbing. So we, uh, we drove down to camp, which probably about two hours drive south. Yeah, some country roads. Yeah, and the first night we slept on the f- hardwood floor of like some sort of hall. like a Yeah, like mess hall when camp's in session. They probably called it like a fellowship hall or something like this, but it's just an excuse for some dude in his early 20s to play Dave Matthews band and third eye blind songs, but with all the lyrics changed to be about Jesus. Yeah. And also use some, some guided songs uh, to kind of get the audience involved. I remember, you know, that they, they wanted, they wanted you to experience this, not just kind of sit and watch a guy awkwardly play, play guitar. Yeah. My favorite sort of Jesus parody that they did was semi charmed kind of life. Which you know, only they knew what those lyrics actually meant. Yeah, which, yeah. Which maybe they did because they altered them. Who knows? Yeah, because it was uh, it's burned in my brain because I went to that damn camp so many times. It was uh, I found something else to get me through this semi-charm kind of life. Jesus, Jesus. Instead of so that's not a lot of a change. Uh, it was mostly the verses that they changed up. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> It was a new experience for me. I had never been to Christian camp. It was also the most fun that uh, you could have in the middle of Maryland. So, yeah, we spent the first night there, then loaded up. So before we loaded up into the van, they they wanted us to dump all the shit out of our backpacks because they wanted to know if we had any fucking contraband. Because you know how they changed the lyrics of the third Eye Blyden song. We can't have you listening to your own music. Uh, so that CD players was was one of the things that was contraband. And we both had CD players. Uh, mine was taken and yours was clearly out as well. I could see it. And I was like, great, we're not going to not going to get to listen to any music on this thing. And they didn't they didn't take yours. I, I, I don't know. Yep. God, God was smiling on us that day. Yeah, something, something in the way uh, my CD player was looking back at him uh, meant it was lord friendly but uh yeah we loaded up into like a 15 passenger van i believe there were like a dozen kids and then two counselors that were like 
I want to say like three girls, nine boys, male counselor, female counselor, and the drive. So, so we did, we'd already driven two hours south the night before. We then drove the same two hours north, basically straight back through our home county, just because that's the only way to get around the bay. Then directly west uh, over to West Virginia, and I I don't know where in West Virginia we were exactly, but we were somewhere in the Appalachian Mountains. Yeah, I thought it was somewhere in the Shenandoah, you know, kind of kind of like southwest of Harper's Ferry area. That makes sense. It's nice, natural. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember the drive being like too long or taxing, but it was, I don't know. My dad drove me everywhere. Uh, like we drove down to South Carolina a ton. So I'm, I'm used to like eight hour drives. What I remember from that drive vividly is I've always been then and, and still have a very sort of love, hate, shame, pride relationship with where I'm from. I, I don't think that's unique to me. I think a lot of people have that. But there was always like this, like, damn it, I'm a redneck. But at the same time, like, fucking stoked to have grown up in the woods. And so I remember seeing refrigerator, like yards with multiple refrigerators and piles of tires on the front lawn. And I was just like, sick. These guys know what they're doing. And well, I was like, at least I'm not a goddamn hillbilly. Like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, even as, as a 12-year-old, I was just like, this this is good. Like, I'm glad that there's a, a hard delineation between my community and that. Not that one's better than the other. It's just that it all gets lumped together in the media as like, you, you watch films and, and it's the poor country people are one type of person, but no, we come in all kinds of flavors. <laughs> Honestly, like I, I'm living that out right now, but it's more in our basement. Because I still have your three tires because, you know, the garbage van won't take them. We also have a mini fridge still around because, you know, the, the garbage van won't take them. So it's basically a dump. And that's just their yards or our basement. Fuck yeah. But yeah, so we, we get to camp. I'm sure we've been introducing ourselves on the drive at some point. I only remember one kid's name because he introduced it. We had a formal, like, introduce yourself around the campfire. We got set up, and for whatever reason, his, his name was 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 Clayton, but he delivered it as Clayton, and it it killed. I mean, we were twelve, so there's you know a different sense of humor at the time, but man, it killed. We introduced ourselves and set up tents and such, and that was the first time I'd ever had an MRE, a meal ready to eat, out of uh, the sort of dark green slash gray pack. Yeah, yeah. You need the pack camouflaged so you mm-hmm. can't find it in the wilderness, right? Exactly. And it was like a wet ham steak. And honestly... It was, yeah, pressed, like processed. It was less than ham. I mean, if you sliced it right, I think you could make it like pork roll. But yeah. It still, it still wouldn't be the same thing. But not so bad. Like, I remember them being like, you're going to have to eat MREs. And I didn't know what those were because I wasn't in the army because I was 12. But... I was like, okay, like gross food. I'm, I'm a kid. Gross, sometimes gross is fun. And I, did, I really didn't find it that gross. I mean, you know, I don't think it was, it was definitely wasn't gourmet, but we were just sticking on the ends of fucking rebar poles and heating it up. Because it's already, it's cooked. You just warm it up over the fire. Yeah. I mean, it was a nice salty slab of something that kind of resembled meat. Yeah. I think we would be, play a game. Even as kids, we realized that like you couldn't tell what it was. So we'd, we'd unwrap them without looking at the label and then try to guess what it was because at all there's one homogenous color, shape and size, but it was various different animals involved. I was fine with it. I, I don't have any, any bad memories no. uh, as far as meals on that trip. No. Then I imagine we probably just like, Went went to sleep at some point where we got to bust out the contraband. I think we, we strung up some headphones over the, the whatever the center pole along a tent is and just hung them there so that we could, because it was silent because we were in the middle of fucking, I mean, we were, we were out there. I'll give them credit for that. We were like. Yeah. And, and we thought playing music out of our tent was like a good idea when everybody was like hot and covered in bugs <laughs> and trying to get to sleep. <laughs> Well, luckily, we only had the finest of jams because we were now limited to what I brought, I think, because they did. Which are some great choices. I mean, I don't regret them, but I'm going to guess. They are eclectic, though. I'm going to guess we had probably some Weird Al Yankovic. 
Definitely. Probably some cake. But what, we, think, def- yeah. what we definitely had was several albums of Jimmy's Chicken Shack. Huh, yeah. Which, if you know that band, you're, you're, you're chuckling to yourself. And if you don't, do yourself a favor. Google them up. Um, anything that looks like it has a music video, listen to it. It's a real treat. It's sort of... They, they, are, they are masters of their time. I don't even know what to call it. It's like Marilyn's attempt at doing like pop reggae. I like just, I don't know. It's fun, bad. That's not how I would describe it, but yeah. What what would you do? How would you describe it? I don't know. Garage something. We're going to do a pause real quick for some, for some wife drinks. (laughs) No, that's, that's fine. I need, I need some more weed. Oh, Reagan, you can come back in. That's fine. That's fine. I'm smoking weed. I got your message about takeout. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're on... What was that message? We're on to a curfew because we're bad little boys and girls and we go outside at night and we could get washed and scaled. So they gave us a little curfew. We was naughty. How many like buildings did you guys burn down? I don't think we burned down any buildings. Um, no, there's just the, they broke into a bunch of We broke in like into a Saks Fifth Avenue and got, uh, I'd like to make a joke. I, I don't know what they sell. Is it clothes? <laughs> yeah. Is it, is it bedding? No, I mean, it's like Nordstrom. It's everything. Okay. They, they broke into Swarovski crystals, crystals and got Swarovski. Swarovski crystals. They got, they got the crystals. That's good. That's a good thing. Just realized that we can't order food in tonight, so. Yeah, so uh, we were going to, we order in food like once a week at this point, and uh, we're going to do that, and and according to Grubhub, everything, I was looking at it at 5, like 57, and it was like, you have three minutes to place your order, and I was like, okay, so that place is closing early, and I looked at like six different spots, and they all said that, and then I found the Chinese place around the corner, and they said they were still open until 2 a.m., but I'm guessing they're just a shitty Chinese place. I think yeah, they, just, they don't update their, they didn't up, <laughs> update the website. So we just got to make do with, we have plenty of food. I ain't worried about it. I made some nice uh, corn chowder yesterday. Yeah. So listen to some great songs, went to sleep, woke up, drove over to where we're going to go rock climbing, which is all outdoors. It was actual rocks. And our guide. Yes. <laughs> was, was not a member of like the team we had two chaperones that that basically drove a van and made sure we didn't descend into lord of the flies then we met this guy and i believe it was his helper but our guy i I don't even know his name i don't know how you get in contact with the west virginia rock climbing guy but he had interesting footwear to say the least for rock climbing i guess i don't know it was rational decision on his part but yeah so Again, this was the rock climbing was also just out in the fucking woods. Like it was not a a rock climbing structure. It was barely even a rock face. It was like just a bunch of large boulders, but it wasn't bouldering. I know what bouldering is where you don't need to strap yourself in. You had definitely had to strap yourself up because you were getting up there. But uh, you know, everything had like trees and fucking grass on it because it's it's not like the Rocky Mountains or any of the the dry you know, was it limestone faces that everyone's rock climbing and like all those fucking rock climbing videos. This is the Appalachian Mountain, so everything's a lot smoother and moss covered. But this dude, I think we were rock climbing like four four days in a row while we were there, something like that, just because of travel and other things. And he had a different pair of brightly colored Chuck Taylors for every single day. Yeah, like back when they were cheap. I mean, he, he probably still only spent like 40 bucks on them. Yeah, and it... At the time, it was like, well, that dude's wearing some bright red shoes. That's fucking cool. But, it was, you know, it also made sense. Okay, he, he, he wore sneakers to get out into the woods because, you know, it was the, they, were, they were high top. You're going to need the ankle support, I guess, when you're out in, in the woods. But it also made sense. Like, you're not going to wear, like, fucking rock climbing shoes. Not that I probably knew what those were at the time, but you're not going to wear those walking out. But I guess it never occurred to me that why doesn't he just change into them once he gets out here, like he's a rock climbing instructor. Why does he not have rock climbing shoes? But for all I know at the time, rock climbing shoes were maybe extremely expensive, maybe not available in West Virginia, honestly. I mean, we're like, we're in the goddamn woods. I thought he said, you know, it was kind of like uh, the reason wrestlers and, and boxers used to use them. And some of them still do. It's a lot of grip, right? I know a lot of power lifter guys use them. Keeps, keeps your, keeps your shit from sliding. 
but uh yeah he he taught us how to rock climb and and fucking counterweight for other folk and stuff and belay belay repel and it was a ton of fun i'm not particularly good with heights but at the time i was still in it you know an invincible 12 year old and we weren't really going that high i mean probably would you say 30 feet at the most like a yeah like a good 30 foot face yeah and uh yeah there were definitely some times where you'd you'd climb up and that you know you'd be almost to the top but you'd have to kind of jump maybe and you're like fuck it let's jump like yeah you'd have a helmet on and all that but yeah, and then you'd just be swinging from a tree and they'd lower you back down. It was, it was a grand old time. And that's, that's what we did, you know, all mornings and afternoons. And then we'd just go back to camp. Between MRE meals. Eat some, eat some MREs. And I, I, I don't remember what day it was on, but I remember one of the more, more uh, I get, a night that really sticks out in my head is uh, there was a clearing towards the edge of the, the campsite there, a pretty big one. And our two camp counselors were from uh, South Africa. They're definitely the first people from South Africa that I'd ever met. Yeah, missionary. Yeah, yeah. Never heard that accent before. That was fun. And obviously very different culture. We're from a pretty conservative, especially as far as like the body is concerned, sort of area. And uh, sh- uh, the, the female camp-, camp cancer would just sunbathe topless. Yeah, well, there was a lot of good sun to be had in that yeah. clearing. Out, out in the clearing, and it wasn't. And she did it on the other side of the van, which was like, you know, the privacy screen of West Virginia. Absolutely. Other side of the van. Yeah, and, you know, looking back on it now, not, you know, not that weird. Because, like, sure, it's just it's just boobs. You know, the human body's fine. But at the time, when you're fucking 12, you're like, oh, my God, fucking boobs so those are definitely the first not related to his boobs yeah those those yeah this is not a picture that i have folded up under my transformers like a homeless person you know this is dude i hadn't even seen a homeless a a naked homeless person at this point this was the first boob i'd ever seen and now i'm going to chalk some of this up to just sort of the the fogginess of it being 18 years ago but is it possible we heard them doing it? Yeah, that's very possible. Because I, I want to say that I heard what I, at the time, at the time, I mean, I wouldn't really know. I had not engaged in intercourse yet at that time, but I'm pretty sure I was hearing some sex sounds. We were hearing some sex sounds. That or, you know, maybe, maybe some of our fellow campers. Could have been? Yeah, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we, we weren't ready for that. I mean, we weren't messing it. Well, we were listening to Jimmy's Chicken Shack, which immediately yeah, prevents right. it. That 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 is a mood killer. That prevents all intercourse for us, man. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's still when every time I hear the opening to "Do Right," it's still a big smile comes across my face. <laughs> for those at home, James was just air drumming. Another very important day that occurred on this trip was uh, the birthday of young Jimbo himself, and got one of those summer birthdays that just like you know a lot of the times half of your friends are away so i decided you know whatever i'll be away on this one and i wasn't expecting anything uh that's kind of the way i wanted it but you know they ended up they ended up doing something for me yeah i, I think it was both uh out of the kindness of their hearts and also because the camp counselors were probably fucking tired of being in their early 20s and sleeping in the woods with a bunch of 12-year-olds. So they we loaded up the van and drove into town. No idea what the fuck town it was. But we went down and we stopped at Walmart and got like a bunch of fucking Tasty Cakes, uh, which is uh, a brand similar to Hostess or Little Debbie that we have. Yeah, we just got straight sugar, pretzels, chips, bullshit. What, what are a bunch of 13-year-olds going to buy at Walmart? It's like the five-gallon thing of cheese balls. Yeah. Oh yeah, the big uh the big is that Uts or her, hers? The big hers cheese cheese balls? Both both make them. Okay. Uts makes a larger variety. And I've seen that at Walmart. Okay. But after after Walmart, they they took us to uh you know, one of my one of my more precious birthday dinners at Pizza Hut. So I was surrounded by Ben and a bunch of strangers whose only common thread was Christianity and rock climbing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they 
sung happy birthday like they do in restaurants. It, it was it was straight. It was a good experience to have with at least one other person. It would have been weird if I was at that camp. Like if my parents just like, hey, it's your birthday, but we're going away, and it's an all inclusive. So it, it's a topless beach. You can't no children. Sorry, uh, you're going to a Christmas camp. That would be weird. That that would be a weird birthday. But it was it was cool doing it with Ben at at Pizza Hut. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Just imagine you're a missionary and you, you, I mean, you're a South African and you just converted to Methodism and you're like, hey, you can go to America. They're like, oh, I've only seen America in movies. It must be like New York everywhere. <laughs> it's like New York and California. Man, this is going to be awesome. And then it's, hey, here's, here's 12, 13 year olds. And uh, a van. Go out to West Virginia. And uh, bring them all back. Yeah, for a week. And enjoy your plastic bag food. Yeah, we did more of that. I remember we, we started getting real creative. Because, you know, there's only so much you can do. We got creative with uh, our, our seats around the fire. And I, I found a big, like, grill grate. Like a two and a half, three foot wide by, like, six foot tall grate that I leaned against the tree. I put a stump in front of it, laid a towel over the great part, and made myself like a throne. I think you had stacked up a bunch of logs. That that's what you do in the wood. Like you made like a similar throne though. Like one one stump is a seat. You had like twelve logs of various sizes to also make a throne. And then we were just heating rebarb till it was red hot, just because that was something to do was to watch something become red. And I remember I punched a bunch of holes in the bottom of my flip flops while I was obviously not wearing them, just like melting through with the, the rebar. Yeah, well, this camp didn't really keep up with the times in like not providing a whole lot of entertainment other than the rock climbing. Yeah. Like they, the camp counselors they saved money on the food. Yep. They, they saved money, you know, on the transport and, and the counselors, I'm sure. Yeah. And the counselors weren't, weren't given like, they didn't have like a guitar and a fucking like tambourine or something. They had, they had nothing to offer like no board games, just like those verbal games that you play at camp. We had those, but like, you can't do that yeah, we for a fucking week. Civil war soldiers just in enemy territory, like heating up rail ties just cause we were bored Listing them around trees, eating basically the 2002 equivalent of hardtack, just fucking <laughs> gnawing away at kids are too young for coffee. <laughs> but that's not to say I didn't. I had a tremendous time, and so yeah, man. We get we you know we loaded up on the van, we headed back, and the last night of camp, and when we were preparing to do this, uh. We have a share, a little peek behind the curtain. We have a little shared Google Doc where we kind of place all the events, all the bullet points, so we can talk about them. And James wrote the vigil, and I did not know what he meant by that. And I was like, "How could you not understand how?" And I know Ben had gone to this camp a lot, and this was a very memorable experience, at least the first time. The the reason that I did not remember the vigil is because I had done this fucking thing like probably seven times. I don't know. I don't remember the first time I went to that camp, but I was I could have been six, five, six. And what it is is the last night, regardless of whatever. The so the only times you'd really see all the other camp groups would be at first night on the floor. Well, no, no. So we were one of the only camps that actually left the campsite. So for if you were a regular camper, you'd see everybody at the pool down by the river, in the mess hall, or at this fucking vigil thing. And, and what it was was the whole camp. So they obviously it ran like multiple weeks in the summertime. But everybody that was for there for that week, on the last night of camp, after dinner, everybody marched. Like just We did a forced march from the fucking dining hall down to the, to the beach that, uh, on, the, on the river, which had been a place of merriment for the rest of the – the rest of the week, but you, you continue on down the river slightly past, past all the parts you had fun. You go, Oh, I've never been over here before. And that's because it opens up on this giant fucking amphitheater thing built into like a cliff face 
and you go and sit on like stone and dirt and then they come and they basically do like a full weird church service like well they plan it out because you know it happens every year yeah. So they know when sun's setting. Yep. If they if they wanted to build a Stonehenge, they probably could. But they have totally. a nice little cove that just kind of looks out over the Chester River and the sunset. And they kind of, you know, give you a uh, little tea candle and a paper plate. If I'm not mistaken, we were gonna we we're gonna put a bunch of flaming objects into the Chesapeake Bay estuary and eventually sing songs about it yeah because first we have to sing a bunch more parody jesus songs and i remember the the yeah, dude were more heartfelt these were, i mean they might have been like parodies of ballads but yeah but at, well, at one point the guy just played the redemption song by bob marley and i remember thinking like i wonder like i wonder what the original sounds like because this sounds like something bob marley could and it turns out it was just he hadn't changed anything he just played the redemption song by bob marley so he they didn't even come That's up for the queen version. They didn't even come up for different words for that one. They were just like, fuck it. This is close enough to being about Jesus. And yeah, so they talk to you. They do like a full sermon. You sing some songs. And then I don't know, what'd you say? Like a hundred kids. I mean, it's a decent amount of kids. We go to this thing. Fucking yeah, and all ages too. Yeah. And you just walk down to the water's edge and they hand you, you, you hold the candle for all of, I guess you, I mean, you have it for the whole, you, the, the whole sermon thing but you you hold a lit candle for all of like five seconds because you walk down and and they light the candle on your paper plate and then you just put it right in the water and it just floats on down the river then everybody has this weird like kind of somber vibe so you're just walking along yeah, very much so like, no, nobody died except for jesus <laughs> like, maybe that this is like a eulogy for him because i mean it did seem like a candlelight vigil to me. Just one where you discard your candle. Yeah. River. Yeah. And it's a river. So it's not, it, it doesn't have like traditional sand. It has like river rocks. So like the walk back is quite loud because it's a hundred campers walking and in... while, while singing, they really taught us that song. Yeah. They like kind of repeat. And you know the older campers like you who had been there before, you know, you knew, you knew how to keep the meter. Look, I'm a goddamn pro. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I was sitting next to you the whole time and I was like, is this what we do? And you're like, yeah, this is what we do. <laughs> yeah. But then you just trudge back the way you came, which is this, these loud as fuck rocks under your feet. But everyone's trying to have this, like, everyone's trying to emulate the this inner, the mood like, of the adults. Conflict. Yeah, yeah, everyone's trying to pretend like this is this big meaningful moment, but they're eight. So like, there are no big meaning. Like, you can't add gravitas to a situation because all you want to do is play Pokemon. It was a good game, man. It was, it was a great game. Really good game. And and if if my timeline is isn't off, I believe at that point it existed, right? Oh yeah, I I was I was in deep. Yeah. So uh, so that was last night. Then we. Fucking, I think we just slept on the fucking hardwood floor again because we didn't have like a cabin to stay in. Would you rate either of the sleeping environments here relative to each other? Like, do you think one is worse or one is better? I think I remember some hot nights in the tent where we were both awake and keeping each other awake. <laughs> thinking there was a bug on us. And it was, you know, you know those, those times when you're lying in bed and you're like, is that a bug on me? Like, no, it's just the sleeping bag brushing against your skin. Like, no, yeah. that was a bug. That was that was definitely a bug. And we I, were both doing it. Yeah. The whole night. Yeah. That was my least favorite night and probably most favorite night as well. Yeah. I mean, that's what kids do. Yeah. <laughs> but then, uh, so the next morning is is pickup day. All the all the parents come down, scoop up all the kids. Yeah, I was never, I was never like, you know, looking forward to anything more than like seeing your mom's Subaru after that weird vigil. And like, you know, people kept that mood throughout post vigil. Like, yeah. And that's what they wanted. Oh yeah. They wanted like a period of deep reflection. <laughs> ah. Yeah. <laughs> so in, instead, instead of doing that, what ends up happening on the last day is 
you're given a canteen amount by your parents if you have parents that are willing to let you get candy and soda. So a lot of kids now are burning off the rest of their canteen surplus funds and just buying Butterfingers and Mountain Dew and Reese Cups. What and- it's there for Absolutely. So there's a bunch of now, it's the only time of the week that has excess food of any kind, but not only food, this is excess candy and soda, which for me was the forbidden fruit because I was not allowed to have soda as a kid. So there's soda, candy, and you're just waiting for your parents to pick you up. So there's nothing to do. So we, along with, I think a couple guys from our group. Clayton and uh, his his pal, uh, we'll call him Chet. Let's call him Chet, Clayton and Chet, and then some randos, right? Just some fucking other folk. Who saw us dicking around on a volleyball court and we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm in. We invented, we, yeah, we were all hopped up on sugar and invented the worst game that's ever been devised. Basically volleyball without hands. Yeah. It was like soccer, but just over a net. <laughs> yeah, but with some other rules that made it similar to like, it was Calvin Ball-esque because like, there were other random rules that had to be followed, I believe. Like if the ball hit the ground, it was it was almost like a Nukem situation. Like if the ball hit the ground, the closest one to it was out. Was it that? I don't remember. I remember being fucking stupid, but thinking it was awesome. <laughs> thinking like, we're going to go pro. <laughs> the, the only thing I did that last day was yeah. play, play Clayton ball and – and like look at the the drive for your mom's silver Subaru. That was it. That was all I did. And then when I saw it, I was like, that Lynn? That please. Please. Yeah. Yeah. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. And uh yeah, then we uh got in my mom's car and drove home. Yeah. That yeah. That that was yeah, that was an interesting week in the, the summer of two thousand two. Yeah, after that uh we would go on to be uh nerdy yet fun uh high school track stars yeah and did you play did you continue to play uh tuba in high school i i played for one year because they wouldn't fix the sousaphone and there we I, go and they made me march with a tuba on my shoulder as a freshman i also i did that as, i did that as a senior i did that one year i only did marching band one year but yeah we were we were low brass boys but uh, yeah, James James went to the uh, the private school over in Delaware. I went to the high school in our hometown. But because of that, we had like this extra gusto that when we did hang out, we like squeezed the most out of it and got a bunch of other stories that will be topics for other episodes. Yeah, that I mean, there aren't many ones that predate that one. Not really, because before that, I mean, you're just constantly under parental supervision. Yeah. Yeah, we really didn't have any like fucking... A bill like you can get into some shenanigans, but not really. But after that, we really fucking we made up for it in high school and uh, college. We're making right. up for it now. Goddamn right. Yeah, it was a good time. So let's see. Two thousand two. I was born in eighty eight. That would that would make me what fourteen? I turned fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. Yeah. So I think we were, were we freshmen in high school. Was that? Maybe we were uh, sophomores. We were only freshmen. I don't know. Who can say? Who gives a shit? What's important is I saw my first boob. That, is that your first boob? Probably. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I'd, I'd been around to like cities and stuff, but I don't think I, I saw any naked homeless people either. So yeah, that concludes that tale. Uh, it sounds like they're done working on the building. If the listener picked up on any loud noises in the background, that was San Francisco Public Works coming out and stopping the six inch diameter pipe from just going full bore spraying water all over the ground floor of the building so well you're on the third floor so i ain't driving <laughs> oh definitely dry but the sound uh just the sound of the water itself was was quite loud up in the kitchen so hopefully it didn't carry through but hey audio issues are going to happen you want some noises i'll give you some noises yeah you're gonna say you're gonna mm, mm. You're gonna like it. I'm gonna grab a drink. Rag him. Rag. Rag. Fucking hit him. I give you the dick, the balls, the whole damn grundle. Great pronunciation on grundle. Great grundle. It's like you're talking about some Danish villain. <laughs>
from a old ballad. You gotta know me. Know how I make a living. <laughs> All right, segment time. Road sodas segment time. Yeah, in honor of it being Wednesday, we're gonna name a Maryland meat of the week. Maryland meat of the week. And this week, I think I'm gonna go with scrapple. Scrapple, classic Maryland meat of the week. If you don't know this gray loaf, it's actually mostly produced in Delaware. Delaware, Maryland's little brother. <laughs> I was actually born there, so ah, you fucking traitorous swine! I I didn't have I didn't make that choice. I'm sorry. That's true. Well, the two most famous brands of Scrapple are Haversett and Rapa, and they're both produced in the same town, actually in Southern Delaware. But Ben is a bigger fan of this than I am. Uh, I I. You know, when I'm when I'm in the Mid Atlantic, I I really don't don't partake in the scrapple. I, I prefer pork roll, but that's that's another week, and that's more like a Jersey meat of the week. But I mean, we ate it, so yeah. and we yeah, we, we, we ate it, and we bought it, and ate it in Maryland. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Scrapple, Ben, how do you like your scrapple? Now I like my scrapple. I'm the I'm in the should we describe what it is before we describe how it's eaten? I, I figured we'd do that while while we're talking about the way we like it. So I'm going to describe the way that I like it cooked, but it's important to know what it is so that you yeah. can understand why maybe I'm, yeah, in, okay. I'm in the smaller group of liking it this way. So as as, as Jimbo said earlier, it's a, it is a gray loaf. Um, it usually comes in one or three pound bricks. And based on the name, Scrapple, it is made of pork scraps. It is everything but the oink. Pork skin, pork liver pork heart. I don't think there's pork ears in there, but honestly, that'd be fine. It's all, it's just, it's like whatever the farmers. It's also got like cornmeal and shit too. Either way. It's got cornmeal as a binding agent. The gray loaf you slice into different size slices. That's where the important part comes in. You slice it and then fry it till it takes on the, the look of a roofing shingle. Now the way you slice it, tradi- most people will cut it quite thin fry it till it is quite crispy and this much like a hot dog is already cooked so all you're doing is heating it back up it's it's a pre pre-cooked steam steam cooked i believe yeah but eating it cold would be like eating cold haggis yeah insane don't do it technically safe but insane the way i like it is probably a quarter of an inch thick minimum which means as you're heating it up, you're getting that crispy edge on the outside and the center warms up, but it remains gooey. I'm a goo man. Yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a nice gray mush that comes out of those slices that you put on your, uh, your eggs in the morning. Yeah, I'm a fan of the goo. And it's treated uh, in Maryland, well, the Mid-Atlantic, as any other breakfast meat would be. You can get a scrap of leg and cheese sandwich. You can just have it by itself. Delaware State Fair, I know, has those uh, scrapple sandwiches. Yeah, sometimes. Um, there was a mom and pop shop we'd go to in uh, Northeast Maryland. Uh, Northeast Maryland is a town, not just a region, that would sell them while we were doing landscaping because they were one of the only people that were open that early. You can have it with maple syrup. You can have it with ketchup on it. I'm not going to say it's super versatile. There's no wrong way to eat it because it's the wrong thing to eat. Exactly. It is delicious. It, it is the fattiest Baconiest, porkiest thing, uh, because it's just—it's basically just got a weird consistency. Yeah, it's just pre-manipulated gristle in a way, if that's the way you want to look at it. But uh, fuck, is it good? And mm-hmm. so, what I still do when I go back east is I will freeze the bricks of it and put it in my uh, checked bag if I'm going back for yeah, work. You buy that shit like the first day you're there and stick it in a freezer. You plan it out. Yeah, you got to buy day one, and then uh, usually I'm uh, usually I'm flying back for a work trip. So then I have a little ex- extra room in my work bag, so I have a, a small bag full of tools and pork scraps that I fly back with. And by the time I get home, it's still I'd say ninety percent frozen, which is sort of the edge stuff. And fucking then I got some scrapple. I can't say that everybody I, I I've I've spread the the gospel of scrapple to many a soul because. I lived in Boston for almost 10 years and it's not local to there and certainly not local to San Francisco, but I've, I've served it up to people from both places, uh, sort of a, sort of a 
just thought of this sort of a Johnny Scrapple seed, if you will. Is that anything? Is that anything? Oh, that, that that's you. Yeah, that might be something. I'd like to say that it always goes off with everybody's mind being blown and being like, why isn't this a bigger thing? No. It's not for everybody. My parents actually had a couple of Scrapple parties when I was growing up on like, you know, Sunday morning. No shit. Because, yeah, we turned godless at a point. Like once my dad and mom sent us to Catholic school, being raised Presbyterian, they were just like, "Eh, you'll figure out that this isn't the way to do it. We'll figure out your own way. Yeah. They were they were skipping church to serve Scrapple uh to some neighborhood friends. Yeah. And I don't know why like Scrapple parties were a thing. It's like I remember thinking you can get it in the grocery store. Yeah, and it doesn't take long to cook. I think they got a big tray from like an Amish guy. Ah, okay. Like pre wait, preheated or just like I don't know. Who knows. But yeah, I d- I definitely just buy it. I mean, it's available at like literally every grocery store. It's not a specialized item where we're from it's just sort of everywhere hey by habitat i'm a rapper man myself but right. uh well, the one thing i do not support and i think only rapper does this rapper offers a br- like a one pound brick of scrapple with bacon bits in it get the fuck out of here what are you doing why not it's part of the pig or is it cooked bacon? it's cooked bacon it's like crunchy bits of bacon in there well i guess yeah because the whole thing's already yeah so it's sort of like Hey, you want some bits of filet mignon in your fucking ground chuck? It's like, fucking, what are we doing here? I wanted a burger. I did not want a steak. One man's opinion. But that is the Road Sodas Maryland Meat of the Week. Scrapple. Not exclusive anymore. It's still only regionally eaten where we're from. But I have heard tell from uh, many reliable sources and also done some Googling to see that it is available in certain boutique butcher shops only on the, I've never seen any on the West coast, but on the East coast, um, sort of your high end places will have. And, 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 uh, deep, deep Thuringia over in Germany, I guess. No, I'm kidding. That, that, that's not real. Uh, it's usually for whatever reason, it's sold in like a plastic bucket at these like high end it's, and it's neither of the two common brands. It's like these, and it, it also caught, that's the other thing. It, it, it's, it costs as much as sausage. Like it's not an expensive item obviously it should be yeah you're buying you like a mushy gray brick of of pork parts how much can that really cost if you go to some of these boutique butcher shops in boston uh specifically is 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 where i i looked into it it's fucking like ten dollars a pound whereas in maryland it's like three dollars a pound i mean it's Mm -hmm. literally scraps yeah it's the price of a brick but hey if it's if it's available in a store near you, get it. Give it a give it a shot. It's not going to hurt you. It's I'm going to build you a house out of Scrapple, my man. Yeah, just bricks of Scrapple. They make them bricks for a reason. Mush Castle, man. Scrapalacia. Is that anything? Somebody right, no. have said that before. Yeah, I don't think that can be anything. Johnny Scrappleseed would live in Scrap Scrapalacia, though, or or he'd at least be from there. And Johnny Scrappleseed, I'm going to I'm going to use again. Scrapple I don't think has legs. I don't think that's. I'll make it have legs. But yeah, so thanks for tuning in to Road Sodas. Yes, thank you. This is a weekly podcast of this. If you enjoyed this, we'll be having these every week where we tell different stories, rotating segments, correspondence. And I'm going to say Wednesdays because you know. That's when you're hearing me. You're not going to hear me on when. Well, you might hear me. On I was going to say, you son of a bitch, because it's one in seven. We, we record on Wednesdays. Yeah, who knows when the shit's getting released? Huh. Yeah, but we'll have a we'll have an Instagram. There'll be show notes. There'll be an email in the show notes. I'll email your show notes to your Instagram. Don't have it yet. Maybe I'll record something later and tack on the the email. But feel free to email us with questions or whatever. Replace our correspondence. We're we we write in a very difficult syntax to read back to one another because we're reading each other's emails, which is an intentional choice on our part so that we can get the voice that the recipient hears the writer in. But at the same time, uh, it, it's difficult because we're writing uh, as strangely as possible. So write in yourself, give us something else to talk about. Uh, let us know if you've ever been to Maryland. And use Plenty of inside jokes that we will not get. 
Yeah, we're doing the same shit to you. Cryptic shit. We do. Uh, we deserve it. That's that's all. That's all we're good for. But yeah, let us know if you've ever been to camp. Let us know if you've uh, seen a boob. Let us know if you've been to Maryland. Let us know if you've ever eaten pork scraps. Or uh, yeah. Or tell us to fuck off. Gone hiking and and rock climbing in West Virginia with a guy who wore chucks. Yeah. Oh, if you're that guy, definitely write in. I want to know your opinion on the current Chuck Taylor situation, how they're like 80 bucks and they last like six months. What the fuck is that about? And they have like insoles and stuff, man. Yeah. No wonder they cost so much. There's like an extra, extra thing in it. Yeah. Bullshit. Thanks for tuning in. Follow us. Email us. Give us kisses. Yeah. We, We love you all. Thank you for your time. I love you too. Now, uh, now, James, hit us, hit us with the outro. So, I don't, I don't really have anything. Perfect. It was delightful. Yeah, this has been good. I, I enjoyed reliving a middle school memory, especially drinking, because you know we weren't back then. No, we are now. Heavily, proficiently, cordially, vehemently. I'd say persistently, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, gregariously. Ah, that's that's you to a T. Oh <laughs> yeah, you to a G, I guess. Bye bye, everyone. Bye.